Where are you? We got some work to do now. Scooby Dooby Doo, where are you? We need some help from you now. You know, as Scooby-Doo would say, row Canada. I guess one of our rumors that we were hearing is turning out to look more and more like this rumor might not be correct. And that is that the next spooky title is going to be Scooby-Doo. And that's what my, my hints were trying to lead you down that road, that it was a campy, fun, spooky themed that everyone grew up with. It was Scooby-Doo, okay? It was Scooby-Doo. And we know that Nick Parks has the Scooby-Doo license, he had the Jetsons license, so it made total sense that Scooby-Doo would be a title Spooky would consider, and it just would make so much sense. And I think for so many people out there, I was reading the thread, a lot of you were really excited to get Scooby-Doo. You were like, take my money now kind of theme. Now, some of you weren't. Now, I still think Scooby-Doo would be an incredible license. Even just hearing that theme song, the colorful world of Scooby-Doo, the mystery van, solving those mysteries, finding out that it's old man withers underneath the mask ripping off the you know the culprits faces one after another until they find out who it really was and just the campiness of it and I think people really want pinball machines that have personality now I am hearing that it is not Scooby-Doo and this is what it is when you do rumors like this you're gonna get some right you're gonna get some wrong but I know that you guys who listen to Canada's pinball podcast would rather us go down a road in which we're speculating and I'm sharing with you the stuff I'm hearing now a lot of people were saying Scooby-Doo, but I'm here to tell you now that I'm hearing that it is not Scooby-Doo. Now, if it turns out to be Scooby-Doo, I wouldn't be surprised. Don't get me wrong. We know that Scooby-Doo is a license that Nick Parks and Spooky Pinball have been floating around, and we got the Jetsons. Will we get a more improved game? Because the Jetsons was really basic, really barren. Will they make that game one day? I, I actually think they will. Now, here is the other part I'm hearing is that this is going to be a horror theme now. So this is like complete 180. Canada, you're never going to win another Twippy with this kind of misinformation. This is a complete 180 from what I was hearing is that it is going to be horror themed. So everything that you know that I told you like a week ago, throw it out the window about this fun family generational theme that's colorful and campy. Now we're right back into the world of horror. And I don't know if I want to get a horror pin. I'm not sure why so many people are fascinated by horror movies in pinball format, but if it is going to be a horror theme, what do we think it's going to be? Is it now going to be Night of the Living Dead? Is it going to be Friday the 13th, which I think is the front runner right now, if you were to ask me, is it going to be that? Because if it were going to be, if we're going to be Nightmare on Elm Street, it's been done before. But there's a lot of horror themes that have never been done in pinball form. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, what else? Saw. Like, I mean, I could go down a whole list of horror films, but uh, it's just not a genre I really love. And so if they made a horror themed pinball machine, I, it would it would be an easy pass for me. And I know a lot of people say like Mandalorian, easy pass, this or that, easy pass. For me personally, and this is just Canada, the thing that I would pass so quickly up on is a horror themed pinball machine. I just, it's just not my genre. I just, I don't 
ever watch horror movies. I don't find them to be that enjoyable. I did when I was a kid. I got scared by them. But as a grown adult, I just don't choose to watch like slasher films anymore. I just don't care. I think the last stuff that really scared me was what was a paranormal activity. Those movies in which there was like the slow moving, you know, security camera footage inside the house and stuff pops out. That stuff is fun to watch at a movie theater when everyone is screaming. But the other part about horror movies when it comes to pinball machines is that a pinball machine can't scare you. So it's like so silly to me to make a horror themed pinball machine because the machine itself can't accomplish what the movie is trying to do, which is make you jump out of your seat. So that being said, Let's see what this might be. Now, this is going to start a whole new list of titles that it could possibly be. And I'm also hearing that Spooky Pinball is going to make more than 750 this time around. That they realized after selling out Rick and Morty in four hours that there's more demand out there in pinball than 750. But the problem with Spooky is nobody wanted to wait a year and a half to get a Rick and Morty. People have. And they're about to finish up their Rick and Morty line in May or June. And that's why we're going to hear the new title in June. But do you really want Spooky Pinball to say, hey, we're going to make a thousand titles. And to make a thousand games at 10 games a week, you're looking at the following. Now, look, if there's 52 weeks in a year, a thousand titles sounds like two years. So I think they've upped their production to around 15 games a week. But that still begs the question. If Spooky Pinball ups their volume, they either need to hire more people and make more games a week, which they probably should, right? This company needs to expand now. Like, Charlie has to realize that he's at a point now in this hobby. People want pinball machines. The demand for new pinball machines is through the roof. He's either going to take advantage of this incredible moment for his company and get a little bit bigger. doesn't have to get huge. He's done it right. He's gone from 250 games. Well, they went from 150 to 250 to 500. Maybe there was a 300 game in there somewhere. 250 to 3. I think it was 300 maybe, Rob Zombies, to 500 to 750. And so now for them to go to 1,000 feels like the next natural step for a company like Spooky. I fully expect them to do that and maybe hire a few more people, maybe have night shifts figure out a way to do it. Maybe some of this is with Chicago Gaming Company and that partnership we've heard about. But Spooky Pinball is a company that is in a great position to grow. But I do think people want more than just one game every two years. And I think if that's the direction they're going to go in, they either have to like probably think about putting more into these games, giving you more, maybe charging a little bit more, because I just don't think they want to make one game for two years. And the other thing is, I'm, and I'm going to talk about this more in this episode, is something I'm calling pinflation, and we're going to start to see terrible, terrible pinflation in terms of how much pinball machines are going to cost, and ultimately it's getting to the point where the most affordable pinball machine you can buy today is a new-in-box game. And so customers are going to be clamoring for new in-box titles because that's the cheapest these games will ever be, it seems like, if we're going off of prices. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. But before I get to that, let's talk about some more rumors, news, and speculation. So let's jump to some news items. Um, there is a great unboxing of the Pinball Brothers Alien Machine. Our friend over in Europe, I'm not going to butcher his name, Sengiz, his, his uh, YouTube page is Retro Sengo. And he did an entire 30-minute unboxing of the Pinball Brothers Alien Machine. And let me just say, this video is amazing. 
It's everything that people have been asking for since the Pinball Brothers have announced they're bringing this game back. And it still baffles me that the Pinball Brothers have the worst marketing on planet Earth. Like, why didn't they themselves just film something like this? This is all people wanted to see. They wanted people to lift the hood on the game and see what the new boards look like because all they were saying is we've fixed the problems that Andrew Highway had in his game. So show us the fixes. They never did. All they were focusing on were the things they removed that made the Andrew Highway package like a little bit sexier. They removed the playfield screen. They removed the big screen in the back box. They removed the inner art blades that lit up. So all the things, the cabinet didn't look as nice. So everything was like, eh, I don't know. But once they lifted the hood, once this guy lifted the hood on the Pinball Brothers version of Alien Pinball, I must say, it looks really, really good. It looks like a very well-built machine. It's super, super clean. It looks super easy to service. The boards look really nice. There's like these light gray boards. Everything looks very, very clean. Now for a wide body game, when you lift up this alien, it is like mostly lights. Like there's not a ton in this game. But I will say, if you are in on this game and you are expecting an alien from the Pinball Brothers, I think this is a good day for you. I think you've seen this game now and you see that the build quality looks really good. We will know now how great the build quality is by how it holds up over time, right? Because nobody's played this new version of the game for very long. If they can get this game into a nicer looking cabinet, if they can get the aesthetical appearance of this game to be on par with where other games are at, I think they could sell a lot of these games. I just wouldn't buy this pro version of it. I just still think the overall package doesn't look good, but the build quality looks great. So this leads us to ask the next question is, will the Pinball Brothers stick around and what will their next title be? Now their next title is Queen. They still have the Queen license. I found this out as well. It's not going to be a Stern game. It is going to be a Pinball Brothers game. So if they can get to Queen, they will have a great opportunity because the other part about this company that we don't often talk about is where they're located. They have a distinct advantage being in Europe. So they could be a player in the European pinball market. Unfortunately, all the European manufacturing pinball companies have been disasters. But people in Europe pay more money for pins. They have to pay to have them sent over. There's taxes they have to deal with every once in a while that suck. And so for you guys over in Europe, you would love to see a pinball company or two succeed so you don't have to rely only on the American manufacturing to get you pinball machines. And the other company in Europe, Dutch Pinball, everybody wants to see them make another game because the Big Lebowski was incredible, incredible, but it looks dated now. It does look a little dated. We've seen it forever. I do find the lit up apron to be super cool, but you know, where's the next game, right? You need to have momentum in a pinball company. You don't want to feel like nobody wants to see a pinball company come out with something exciting, take money from customers, not get customers their games, and then spend almost a decade trying to make your customers whole. That's what's happened with Highway Pinball. That's what's happened with Dutch Pinball. It's laborious, it's frustrating, it's pointless, right? Within the amount of time it takes these companies to get one game to people who paid for it years ago, Stern Pinball will make 40 games and get people those games. Jersey Jack will get people their games. Spooky Pinball will get people their games. Chicago Gaming Company, American Pinball, I mean the list goes on and on of companies that when they take people's money, 
they just get them their games. There's no drama whatsoever. So I hope these European companies figure it out. And this is a really cool video. It's on my Facebook page if you want somewhere to go find it. Um, it's also called Pinball Brothers Alien Pinball Machine Unboxing if you want to search on YouTube. But go check that out. I want to give a shout out to Timothy Roth over at TNT Amusements. He went to Pinbrew in Ohio and sent me this care package. And I must say, Brenda was like, what the hell? I thought you were just getting a t-shirt from this guy. I open it up, there's a hat, there's multiple t-shirts, there's other swag inside the box. So Tim and all my friends over at TNT Amusements, thank you so much, thank you so much. I really, really am digging this. I'm gonna have to rock this gear on my Facebook Lives moving forward. What else is going on in pinball? Okay, so let's talk about the Mandalorian. I've had some people hit me up and say, you said you weren't gonna spoil the hard work of Stern Pinball, and then a show or two later, you said it's the Mandalorian. Okay, and I'll tell you why. Because I always talk about rumored themes, okay? To me, telling you what the theme is of the Mandalorian isn't spoiling the hard work over at Stern. Do you know what it looks like? I haven't seen it. I have some details on the game, but that's it. So I'm not spoiling what their hard work is. All of their hard work is still a mystery to me. I have not seen any of it. Now, I did not leak photos of Guns N' Roses because I did not want to spoil the hard work of Eric and team who designed that game. Like, you deserved to see Guns N' Roses the way Jersey Jack wanted you to see it. And that's why I didn't leak anything. But I was not going to hold back if I knew the title, which was Guns N' Roses. I haven't held back on the title of Toy Story. And if I find out Eric's next title, guess what? I will tell you what the rumored next game is from Eric Minier. That's what I do. Okay, so don't accuse Canada of ruining the hard work of these companies. Okay, so let's ruin some more details about the Mandalorian release. Okay, so here's what I'm hearing. The release date is supposed to be May 11th. Now, people are like, why May 11th? Why not seven days earlier and hit May 4th, Star Wars Day? Wouldn't that make total sense? And the answer is yes. So I'm hearing May 11th but it might not be May 11th, it might be May 4th. It's gonna be probably between May 4th and May 11th, but May 11th is the date I am hearing Stern is planning to reveal this thing. Now that means we might get a tease on May 4th, and they might roll it out and then have a bigger reveal the following week. So we'll see what happens, but you heard it here, May 11th is the date that Canada is hearing. And once again, everybody, these are rumors. Like, I haven't seen Stern's release schedule. I haven't seen the game, okay? So take everything I say with that in mind. Now, here are some other details that I'm hearing. There will be 600 LEs of the Mandalorian. That is the number I'm hearing that Stern will have on this game. 600 LEs, which will sell out in less than a day. And I'm hearing, and I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm hearing that these games are already pretty much sold out from distributors. So if you want a Mandalorian pinball machine, you best be on your distributors list for the next Stern LE. Some of them won't tell you the title. They'll be like, we'll put you on the list for the next LEs. But I know guys like Trent, Trent is sold out already of his LE allotment because they know how many they're going to get each time. They have to pre-order LEs. And I think the way it works is when a distributor puts in his number of LEs, he has to buy that number of LEs for each release. So that's why they're not guessing how many he's gonna get. So let's say Zach Manny might have 20 LEs that he gets. Okay, so he's gonna get 20 LEs of each title. He can up that number 
but I think he has to commit to that number for the next title or two. I'm not sure how that part works. If Zach is listening to that, I, I hope he can clarify on the pinball show, how does it exactly work? between Ellie allotment and distributors. Um, but Trent knows that if he's getting 40 or 50 LEs, he's gonna get 40 or 50 of each one. And so if he has a wait list of 50 plus people for the Mandalorian, he has no more to sell people. So we'll see how this goes, but this is a title that's gonna sell out immediately. And 600 is definitely not enough. It's definitely not enough. And the thing is, and I was saying it earlier, the cheapest time to ever get some of these pinball machines now is when they are new in box. That'll be the final thing I talk about on this episode is pinflation and what's going on and why I think new in box sales are going to be through the roof over the next couple of years with so many new people in the hobby. But before I do that, one more detail for you to chew on. The artwork, as I've said, is going to be illustrated. The illustrator who's doing the art package on the Mandalorian is someone who's done a Stern machine in the past. It is not Zombie Yeti. It is also not Johnny Crap. So I'll let you guess from there. Now let's talk about pinflation. As we see Pirates of the Caribbean, this guy just listed one, the CE, for $32,000. And then a day later, the price is $37,000. Why? What happened? Why is it all of a sudden 5,000 more? Did he get offers at 32, so now it's that much? I saw our friend Justin Kelly listed his Tron LE on Facebook, Tron LE, for $25,000. We were talking because he has one of those Matrix pinball machines that was made about like 10 years ago. The Matrix pinball, not a licensed thing, not legal to really like sell it, but like 12 of them were made in the world, and he has one with all the bells and whistles. It's a reskin of Johnny Mnemonic. And we were talking about like how much, if you were to list that game, how much would you list it for? You know what prices we were saying? Forty to $50,000 for basically a homebrew game that's a reskin of Johnny Mnemonic. Forty to $50,000. Why are prices going so high? It's easy. It's just like the real estate market right now that's happening in America. You have a lack of supply. You have more people demanding the item and there's not enough new inventory. That's what's happening in the housing market. If you've watched what's happening with the frenzy over getting a new home in America or getting a home in general, there's not enough new homes being built. So what does that do? It creates scarcity. There's so when people want a new home and there's not enough new ones, what happens? They have to look at existing homes and then the prices of those existing homes start to skyrocket as well and it becomes a bidding war to get anything available. If I can't have new, sell me what's been made already. And that's exactly what's happening in pinball. People are gonna be locked out of new in box games that they really, really want. And we saw that with Guns N' Roses Collector's Edition, right? Sold out in what, an hour, maybe, maybe less? And then what happened? Immediately overnight, a $12,500 pinball machine, which you could have ordered directly on JJP's website. It wasn't impossible to get, but overnight, the price becomes $20,000, and people are spending that on them. A new in-box Guns N' Roses Collector's Edition is now a hot commodity. Now, what do you think that pinball machine is going to be worth in a year? Let's say you keep it new in-box. More and more people come into this hobby, which is, which is what's happening. This hobby is growing. It's attracting more and more people. More and more people are getting bit by the pinball bug. They're seeing how fun it is to buy pinball machines, to play pinball machines, to collect pinball machines. And they really are works of art. 
So we're getting people from the art world. We're getting car collectors that understand this is fun. We're getting guys who are watch collectors understanding that this is fun. Like basically just boomers with money who grew up with fun things now have a lot of extra money to burn. And if you're looking for something to put your money into, that's actually a decent investment as well because if you buy a pinball machine and you enjoy it and then you go to sell it, you're not going to lose your shirt on most of these games. And so we are now in a period in which there's going to be something called pinflation. And if you think about what inflation is, right, what is inflation? Like, let's just read the definition of inflation. In economics, inflation is a general rise in the price level in an economy over a period of time. Have we seen a rise in the price level of pinball over time? In the economy of pinball, yes, we have. And then when the general price level rises, each unit of currency buys fewer goods and services consequently, right? So as pinball machines get pricier and pricier, fewer people will be able to buy them. And we're seeing that as well. And so if you're looking at where pinball prices are going to go, they're going to go north. If you think Rick and Morty was as high as Spooky's going to go on a new inbox game with all the bells and whistles, you're wrong. It was $9,800. And guess what? Sold out in four hours. Jersey Jack Pinball sold people Guns N' Roses Collector's Edition for $12,500. Sold out immediately. What does that mean? Have they hit the price ceiling? I think we're going to see Toy Story be priced at least at $13,500. But if Jersey Jack were smart, and again, this is just them, if they really wanted to test the limits, Jersey Jack could easily sell 500 Toy Story Collector's Editions for $15,000. And guess what? They would sell immediately. Because at these numbers, they're ridiculously low. I mean, there's a ridiculously low number of LEs and collector's editions when it comes to Stern and JJP. Ridiculously low. You're telling me in a hobby that has thousands of wealthy people all over the world, thousands of them, who love this hobby. If you're going to make only 500, you could price it wherever you really want. Because the super wealthy who are in this hobby, the higher you price the game, the more they feel like they're getting something valuable. Look, as much as I made fun of the 50 Elvira signature editions that were $15,000, right? The piece of couch in it. The recent ones have been selling for twenty dollars to $25,000. Who was wrong? It wasn't, like, I mean, me making fun of it wasn't, wasn't wrong. I mean, I still think it's stupid. But the truth is the money's there. The demand is there. And you could either sit in the corner and, like, cry about it, or you could realize that, Prices are going to keep going up. Now, I will say this. As the prices continue to go up in pinball, it makes it easier for many of us to just sit it out and say, I'm not buying. I'm not buying until either of these prices come down, until either the product goes up in quality and features and wow factor. But I'm not going to start spending $10,000 on a machine. One of the greatest ways to combat inflation and pinflation is to make more pinball machines. And that's why we need more pinball companies to actually bring products to market and not take forever. Because if Jersey Jack Pinball had two games a year and Spooky had two games a year and Chicago Gaming Company had two games a year, it would actually help drive prices down, not up. But maybe they don't want to do that, right? Because actually the company that's keeping pinball prices the lowest, I know this sounds crazy, 
but the company that's keeping pinball prices the lowest because they are actually bringing new pinball into the marketplace, they are increasing the supply of pinball, is Stern Pinball. So for all of you out there that want to hate Stern Pinball, without Stern Pinball, and I mean this, without Stern Pinball bringing four to five games out a year, the prices would go through the roof because without them, there'd be no supply. It's like the housing market, there'd be no new homes. If there were no new homes being built, all the existing homes that were available would go through the roof. And whatever new homes become available on the market would be priced so high because they know they have something people want. And that's what's happening right now in pinball. Stern is able to keep prices somewhat at a constant, at a decent price for everybody because of volume. But if Stern were to go away tomorrow, how much would a Jersey Jack machine cost, right? If Stern went away tomorrow, how much would a spooky machine cost? How much could they charge knowing that 90% of the inventory of new in-box games goes away? Now you've got the only game in town. You could charge through the moon. So we all should be very thankful that Stern is here to sort of keep pinball prices down. I know this sounds crazy and counterintuitive to what we've been saying about Stern is they're driving prices up. The truth is they're not. Without Stern Pinball, prices would be astronomical, okay? We're seeing some astronomical things on games that are no longer being made, and that's just part of where this hobby's going, like Pirates of the Caribbean. I can't afford two LEs or two CEs. Think about it like this. If two CEs are $15,000 each, do you really want to spend $30,000 on two pinball machines? And, and when you look at games like these Pirates of the Caribbeans, the only reason people really want this game is because they're not making it anymore. I mean, it's crazy. That game is such a prime example of it's now crossed over from being a game. It's now a collectible. We are seeing this in pinball as well, and people don't want to admit it. But nowadays, these things, if they're no longer games to be flipped and they're collectible items, so now we're gonna to start to see what's happened in the automotive world, what's happened in the video game world, what's happened in the trading card world. These are now collectibles that are worth a lot of money. I asked Justin, how often do you play your Matrix machine if it's worth 40 to 50,000? And he's like, maybe once a week, he gets his kick on it, he waxes it down, but he doesn't wanna play it. And that's the other thing happening in pinball. We are going to see more and more people because they're spending a lot of money on these machines and they understand that if they keep it mint and they keep it pristine, they're not gonna wanna play it. And unfortunately, much like the car collecting world in which low miles is the most important thing, people will not use these items as intended. They will just use them to flex and to have bragging rights and that's, I've seen that in the Dodge Demon community. That's why I don't like the Dodge Demon community because I drive my Dodge Demon and every time I talk to a new owner, the first question is, how little miles do you have on it? Like, like it's some badge of honor that you've had a Dodge Demon for three years and you have 28 miles on it. It's like pathetic. I have almost 5,000 miles on my Demon and I barely drive it, which just goes to show you that everybody who owns these cars all they're thinking about is the future resale of it. And it makes no sense to me because we're all gonna die. If you're not enjoying this stuff, why are you buying it? But there's something about the collector mindset. The enjoyment they get is in keeping it mint. The enjoyment they get is not in using it. And I'm not here to say they're wrong. It's not the way I wanna live. I'm much more about minimalism. I'm much more about less is more and the things we do have, we should enjoy them to their fullest because we are going to die. I think if you spend time in a hospice, 
or you spend time in the hospital, right? If you see where, where people come into this world and you see where people go out, you would realize how stupid it was that you didn't just beat on that Lamborghini, how stupid it was that you didn't just flip that pinball machine 5,000 plays, how stupid it is that we're like holding on to toppers and boxes trying to make a few thousand dollars because ultimately, ultimately, you know the person who's enjoying it is having the most fun, but there's no denying it. We have now entered into a period in which mostly collectors and mostly OCD collectors will be buying these games and just trying to preserve them, which leads me to an interesting point on like games like Raza. Like if Raza makes it out, 130 Razas. As much as people might say, oh, it's stupid, oh, it's this, oh, it's that, J-pop sucks, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if there are more than 130 people who want that game, who want that experience, the sky's the limit on where these games can go. And I'm gonna I'm gonna cover it on this podcast. I mean, I've always covered stuff like this because this is the stuff that's much more interesting to me. Covering the economy of this hobby, covering where these prices are going, and realizing that we haven't even scratched the surface on how high pinball can go. We haven't even scratched the surface. I'm still surprised that Jersey Jack Pinball doesn't understand this yet. I don't know why they want to break their backs trying to make thousands of games when they can make a thousand or two and charge so much more and still sell every single one. Because if you were, just think about it for a minute, if you were to sell Guns N' Roses CE for $20,000 from the factory, do you think they wouldn't sell them? They would. People would have to own them. And then from there, the prices would just keep going up and up. I know I know what you're saying. You're saying, Canada, what are you doing? Don't put these thoughts in their head. You should be rooting against this stuff, and you should be sticking up for the people who really saved pinball. Who really saved pinball? I was having this conversation with my friend, Dr. Frightener. He's like, Chris, you know who really saved pinball? It was the blue-collar pinball player and buyer and location person who saved pinball because without those people, without those blue-collar pinball buyers, there wouldn't have been anyone to buy these Stern machines. Now, I did say to him, look, I'm not so sure about that, that blue-collar people in, in 2008 were buying $3,000 pinball machines as the recession was hitting. So I wouldn't necessarily say it was blue-collar, but he does have a point. This hobby became very attractive to so many of us because it was also not breaking the bank. It was more affordable. You could get a toy or two. You could find something that you can't find anymore. Do you know what that word is? You used to be able to find a deal. You used to be able to find games that were great in the 90s for just a few hundred bucks. I mean great games. You used to be able to get like an Indiana Jones for maybe like $1,000 or two. You used to be able to find these games all over the place. And, and a lot of times people would just like, hey, I need to get rid of this pinball machine. Do you want it? Like it was stuff like that. Those days are over. Okay. So we'll see where all this goes. Killian is starting to coo and cry. So I got to go attend to him. This has been a, a fun episode to do for you guys. It's been episode 574. It's not going to be Scooby-Doo. Prices are going through the roof. 600 Mando LEs. If you haven't already, get your name on the list. I don't want to see any of you have to spend over sticker, okay? Because then you're going to have to buy from me. You don't want to have to buy from Canada. You're going to have to buy from me, and then I'm going to charge you like $50,000 for it. All right, later. Scooby-Dooby-Doo, here are you. Shh, you're ready and